This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Revis. And who, sir, always looking good, are you on the other end? I'm the producer. My name's Matt Duncan. Freddie, how have you been? We're two and two. You feeling good? Feeling? I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. How are you? A little outcast reference to start this <laughs> off. Um, the season has begun. We're four games We're deep. In. Um, We're finally in. in. This is Confederacy of Dunks. Uh, we're with the Raptors Republic uh, website network. Um, we're hardcore fans. We uh, we have analysts. We have comedians. We have performers. Anyone that is a basketball nut is welcome to the show. Um, we'll uh, we'll do some kind of plugging stuff at the end. Uh, but let me just say before I bring on uh, our guests, uh, free Brittany Griner. And um, with that, let's uh, let's start bringing some folks on here. Uh, he has done the podcast uh, a bunch of times. He is one of my oldest friends. We went to high school together. Uh, he is a hilarious stand-up comedian. He is a sports fanatic. He is a uh, collector of, I'm forgetting what they're called now. I want to say Funko Pops. Funko Pops. I was going to say Fungibles. <laughs> Funko Pops. He's a collector of Funko Pops. He is amazing. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Matt Henry. Hey, I do love Funko Pops. Uh, I just want to take this time to say, uh, Matty D, I think of Scotty's Barnes at least once a week. <laughs> once a week, that jumps into my head. Oh, that's hilarious. Case, man, <laughs> the funniest thing I may have ever heard. One of our best silly segments. Matty usually hits those out of the park. Scotty's Barnes. Okay. I don't even know what episode that is. You'll have to go through the archives yeah. to find that. Find a Matt Henry or, episode. Yeah, find a Matt Henry episode. Scotty Barnes, Look man. for Scotty's bar. I wasn't on that episode. I was listening to it. Oh. And that was uh <laughs> one of the things. I forget what it was, but they had to do, they had to build stuff. And then you're like, oh, Uxbridge, blah, blah. And I had no idea where you were going with that, bro. And this man said Scotty's Barnes. <laughs> and he has a commercial where he's making stuff with wood right now. It's like a trades program thing. He uh, can do that. Yeah, you see? You put he it out needs- there. Needles in the barn stacks. You'll never <laughs> find it. Uh, let's bring a guest number two. Uh, he is, uh, you know, an incredible basketball analyst. Always bringing good stats and good enthusiasm to the show. He's got a very 
cute dog. He's from Raptors HQ. Uh, that's a rap podcast. Uh, you know, he's done CP24. He, he is a guy you want to talk to, uh, want to talk Raptors ball with. Uh, and I'm very glad that he's on the podcast again. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Jay Rosales. <laughs> when I unmute myself and said cute dog is eating away and hopefully not going to distract us. Hopefully. Even if he does, you know, dogs, do, dogs going to do what they're going to do. They're um, going to do what they're going to do. Hopefully they don't uh, ruin what will surely be an amazing episode. Yes. Uh, he's got that dog in him. We're talking <laughs> about your dog. Uh, okay. Let's, uh, let's jump right in because the Raptor season has begun and I'm excited. I can't wait. Maddie, good sir, please give me your best, weirdest Raptors sting. Boxing, massage you, Jerry. Oh, yeah. That's one. Okay. Lots going on. We're faxing. We're paging. Yeah, we're faxing. We're paging. It's There's 1992. A there's uh yeah Alvin and the Chipmunks. I don't know, man. That's loaded. <laughs> um, okay, noise art aside, let's go to you first. Uh, let's go to you first, uh, Matt Henry. And um, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll save my opinion for just a sec, but uh, I'm going to introduce this topic with not too much sarcasm. Uh, is Siakam? a top five player in the NBA. He said he wanted to get there through four games. Uh, I truly believe uh, I commented on the, that's a rap podcast um, or sorry, the, uh, the, the Raptors wrap up with Raptors public uh, that I think he's been the best player in every game that he's played. I think someone in the comments said, what about Mitchell? Fair point. I think uh, Siakam was better than Donovan Mitchell as well. Uh, better than Butler, better than KD. Um, I think he's been the best player in every game he's played in, which is, is wild. Uh, so Matthew, um, yeah, take, take that, uh, I guess, kind of clickbaity subject uh, and go with it. Is Siakam top five player in the NBA? Um, long, uh, like short story? No, right? I mean, I think the term, I hate the term generational talent so much. I think it's overusing the NBA a lot. But the thing about it is when you say it nowadays and you point to the person, it's like, yeah, I get it. You know what I mean? It's your LeBron's, your Giannis's, your Steph's. Like, what? who are these people? You know what I mean? Like, they're really good. So to say you're not top five, it's not because he's – it's the top five, even top ten are, are really good. But I think because, like you said, he's been the best player in every game he's been in – if he keeps playing like a guy who wants to be a top five guy, he raps are going to be phenomenal. And, that, and that's how they, what they have to do to win. Cause the East is, is wild. Right. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, if he, if he plays like a guy who wants to be a top five player, he's going to do, and the raps are going to do great things, but no, he's not, he's not too top five, but that's, the NBA is really talented right now. If you think about it, so it's kind of hard to do. Yes, uh, I think that that is the rational approach. And I introduced this subject like this because when I, you know, uh, I was thinking the other day, just like, okay, I can get to five, six, seven players, like off the top of my head, 
you know, factoring in Pascal's the how he ended the season last year and the beginning of this season, I can think of about yeah, six or seven guys right away that I'm like, great job, Pascal. These seven guys are better than you still, no matter what. After seven, it starts to get a little bit murky. And I think that is even a dramatic improvement from being like a second team all NBA guy. And, you know, yeah, again, maybe I'm still, maybe I'm a bit too high. Maybe I'm not factoring in what guys like, uh, you know, Kawhi and KD and PG will do now that they're healthy. Um, Jay, where are you at with this? And then, sorry, just to to, uh, add to Matt's point there, I think, the, the larger part of this conversation, like how is Pascal this good, is the, like, the byproduct is, wait a second, how good can the Raptors be? Because I feel like it's, we all talk about OG and Fred and Scotty, but if Pascal is jumping from 15 to even, I don't know, 11, that's, that's a game-changing jump for this franchise. Yeah, and I think that, that the question is part of a much bigger conversation which was to your point where are the Raptors going to go with Siakam looking the way he's looking and before both of your answers I I still kind of believe this is yeah I think he's at least in the conversation for top five and I'm answering this question under the guise of it's how they've how he's looked over these first four games not Mm -hmm. you know as Matt was saying as as a generational talent or an all the NBA or anything like that how has he looked compared to everyone else in these first four games? And I, I was researching for my weekly article in terms of how has he been doing this based off of the competition. Against Cleveland, he shot four or five when guarded by Jared Allen. He shot four or five when guarded by Evan Mobley. He continued to shoot at least 60% or 70% while being guarded by Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, Jimmy Butler. Like he is doing this against elite defenders so that alone is amazing that alone puts him in the stratosphere of top five top ten and then you add in the fact that they are targeting him and he is still he's starting to master where to find his spots where to find his shooters when to shoot when to pass he's mastering all that that's why you get a 37 point triple double that's why you get a almost 23-point triple-double despite being double-teamed and triple-teamed against Miami. And and then we talk about what he's doing on the defensive end and just switching and guarding everyone else on the perimeter, regardless of who it is, protecting the rim. I don't know. He's he's really exceeded my expectations. And I came into the season with very high expectations. I think he's in that conversation right now for top-five player. I'm not going to say that he is. I'm not going to say he isn't. But he's definitely in the conversation. Yeah, you know, um, I think the conversation is the right way to approach it. And, you know, uh, jumping on also like Matt's point about a generational player. It's like, yeah, you, you know, you can't disrespect uh, Giannis, um, whatever, Kawhi, KD, Steph, LeBron. Uh, and it only is four games. But, uh, you know, Pascal is averaging 26 and a half points, 10 rebounds, uh, seven assists and a steal and a half on, on pretty incredible percentages. Um, so that's, that's just insane. Um, and, and, and like you said, he, he's doing it against big time players and he's playing defense. I think obviously his defense is not at its peak because he can't really, you know, no one can do it on both ends like that. But you think about guys like say jaw or Luca, 
who I would say uh, are definitely better offensive players than Pascal. Um, neither of those guys are in like his category or world defensively. Uh, and uh, where does that shake out as far as impact? Like, again, like those are two guys I would also say uh, I have above Pascal right now. Tatum's another guy. Um, but I think, yeah, like he really is He's starting the season on a heater that I, I can't remember any other Raptor starting the season like that because you know we have Demar who's had big scoring um you know starts to the season but like never has Demar been like having like uh you know big scoring uh big scoring games with also like tons of rebounds tons of assists and incredible defense so just the the well-rounded nature in which Pascal is doing this is is blowing my mind um yeah, uh, I don't know if you guys have any any sort of like other Pascal stuff before we move on. Well, the, the numbers that you you laid out there, the 26 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, do you know how many other NBA players have those thresholds? Just LeBron. That's it. That's the entire list of 25, 10, and 5 assists. That's And he's in a stratosphere almost of his own right now. And what we're witnessing is really the best you could ask for in terms of how the season has started for himself and how this might play out for the Raptors. Moving and forward. you know what? Uh, he's got to keep going. Like I love Scotty. Don't get me wrong. And I know he's like the, he's the, the future of the team and stuff, but I feel like Pascal doesn't want to give the keys up to this team just yet. It's still his team. So he's got to play and be the best player on his team before you're, you know, top five um, in the NBA or whatever. So I really think it's just about that commitment to want to do it because I think not everybody's ready to give Scotty the team, but people are, and that's probably got to bother him a little bit. You know, it's funny you say that because I I think that um, you're really hitting on something in that sort of Pascal has had like a, a certain amount of disrespect from the, you know, the, the, I guess like the U S media, which is sort of to be expected but quite a bit of disrespect from Raptors fans over the years. And I think people are having to reckon with this idea. Like I I asked a friend in the summer who was a little bit of gas, but I I was serious. I was like, will Scotty ever be as good as Pascal? And they were like, what do you mean? Like, of course he will. And I was like, of course. Yeah. Like is Scotty for sure a two-time all NBA player. Um, and I really believe in Scotty and I think he's yep. very special, but I think it's sort of like, even this idea of like, give the team to Scotty and the future of the team is Scotty. It's like, no, the future of the team's Pascal. Um, right. so I, I think that's where I'm at with like this, this is like such a statement right now from Pascal where, uh, you know, uh, he can just sort of, he can just dominate, uh, and he's doing it in a way that, uh, is is clunky at times and doesn't look like you know a Tatum style domination, but it's really, really kind of like it's really special stuff we're seeing. And and sure. I think the Raptors fans should not be taking even this four game stretch for granted. Um, let's uh, let's go to you, Jay, uh, on question number two. And yeah, okay, let's uh, you know we're two and two, so I don't think anyone is freaking out. Hard schedule, um, but you know. Things are happening, and I'm sure there's some things that we all like and don't like. So what uh, is your biggest concern uh, through four games? 
Uh, biggest concern would be the half court offense, and this is this is not really a surprise. Entering into the season, this was always going to be a concern. This is a team that thrives on getting easy points through fast breaks, through transitions, crashing the glass and getting second chance points, or um, causing turnovers. They were number two in the NBA in causing turnovers last year and number two in transition offense. Like this is where they get their points. So the half court offense was always going to be a struggle. Even then, man, there was a tweet by uh, Vivek Jacob after, uh, during the Miami heat game at halftime, according to cleaning the glass, the Raptors were at a zero percentile for half court offense in the first half, getting something like 58 points per 100 possessions. And then on transition, they were getting 180 points per 100 possessions, meaning like they could get that many points in a game with how well they were playing transitionally. So um, it kind of dictates on extreme spectrums, of course, how good this team is on the transition side, but on the, on the half court offense, it can get really sluggish. And while it's a concern of mine, I also think that there have been signs that it can do well. And I think we saw that in the clutch uh, moments, they are the number one clutch team in terms of Renette rating. Um, so, I mean, if the half court offense is going to struggle for three and a half quarters, but it comes through in the clutch, that's fine by me. It's That's why it's not, it's a concern, but not a major concern. I think it's fixable. Yeah, uh, really good points. I think that is it's also it's an evolving thing. Um, and, you know, we are in the regular season right now. We're not in the playoffs. So I think it's one of those things that we have to continue to watch. And as you said, it's it's not a surprise, but we just don't have. Uh, yeah, we don't have like a crisp. Uh, everyone can shoot pretty looking offense like how many possessions have we already seen where everyone is just like volleying the ball off the backboard and um yeah we, we are i think uh, we are, we're showing signs of being a pretty elite defense but i think a pretty spastic uh half court offense and there's just going to be some games where that uh, is super disappointing. Um, I mean, look at the Brooklyn game, right? Like, and I don't think our offense was particularly horrible in that game, but watching what KD and Kyrie can do reminds you that it's like, oh, we, our players, like, they're not like that. They don't affect the game in that way where their shot making is totally undeniable. Um, I think at times Trent uh can shoot the ball like you know like superstarish i think siakam can as well fred obviously needs to be open og's hit some major shots in his career but we haven't seen that yet uh this season he hasn't been he's had some nice clutch moments but yeah i think the offense doesn't look doesn't look pretty doesn't look efficient uh a lot of the time but uh where are you at maddie uh or sorry uh matt henry my bad <laughs> Um, um, for me, I I don't have any like major concerns. Like they passed the eye test for me. I went to the game opening opening game or uh, the opening night. I did that, and mm-hmm. they looked. They passed the eye test. But other than staying mentally healthy and you know regular healthy, the East is lawless, bro. Like it's hard <laughs> in yeah. the East right now. Um, like you can't get caught sleeping on the train because you're going to wake up pockets empty and you're going to be at the wrong stop. 
Uh, that's how it is in the East. Like as long so, and th- that's going to happen. They're going to have uh, you know you lose one, two, three in a row, but it's like those bounce back uh, games. Like you can't, uh, you have to be able to bounce back from stuff because you're going to get punched in the face pretty often uh, because everyone's going to be looking to do that and take advantage of certain things. So I mean, as long as you're, they're staying mentally equipped, mentally uh, available, I honestly. It, they're a top four team in the East, man. Like it's uh they they're better than playing. That's how I feel about it, and they just have to play like that. Yeah, well said. I think um, I also am not super concerned about anything uh, for the sake of this question. Uh, and you know, to your point, it's such the East is so competitive that. I'm wondering, you know, when it comes to minutes, right? Uh, what exactly, how the season's going to shake down? You know, there's always going to be excuses, right? Uh, Otto's injured, Boucher's injured, Birch started injured. Obviously, those two, uh, Birch and Boucher, have come back. Scotty just got injured. Uh, hopefully, it's not too serious. Um, we sent Champagne to the G League, um, and uh, it's 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 a trust thing. I think uh, I noticed this with nurse all the way back to the, the Boston playoff series. Uh, you know, you didn't trust guys like Rondé or, or Boucher or Norm till game five, really. And I, I just wonder, you know, there's just kind of been this like quiet dialogue where the idea is like, Hey, Masai, you know, you get me guys that are good enough and I'll play them. And it really seems this, like this season, like that is that excuse should be done. And I'm just going to give you some, uh, some early stats. So uh, Fred, third in the league in minutes. Gary, fifth in the league in minutes. Pascal, seventh in the league in minutes. And then OG, 16th uh, in the league in minutes. And Gary's so young, right? Whatever. Uh, Pascal is, uh, you know, like light on his feet, athletic. Maybe he can manage that. Fred is the one where I'm, I'm sort of like, okay, I, I get it. What he does is irreplaceable for this team. I watched that fourth quarter against Miami. They rested Butler for like eight minutes. Um, we made a run and we won the game. So if we rest Fred a bunch in that game, do we lose? Probably. Uh, but at what point is, you know, we've seen some Delano. We've seen some Flynn. Obviously, we have Thaddeus Young, but you know there isn't, there doesn't seem to be like a, a play initiator that Nurse trusts, and I think that's like you know Nurse has talked about this. Like he really, it's almost more important on the defensive end. None of those guys can do what Fred does on defense as far as picking rolls. However, uh, we need Fred down the stretch, and he plays hard. He puts a lot of torque on his body, and I don't think thirty eight. Point eight, what is it? Yeah, was it? Yeah, thirty-eight point eight minutes a game is uh, possible for him. Um, and it's only four games and tough opponents, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. However, uh, I I'm at this point with minutes where I have to kind of see it to believe it. I'm not saying Nurse is full D'Antoni or full Thibodeau, but. He's definitely not, you know, like Kumbaya, Steve Kerr, right? So I'm wondering where, I'm wondering what gives here, Fred's body or the game plan? Or maybe it's like 
Malachi's ready or Banton's ready or whatever. But um, yeah, well, where are you guys on that? Like, I feel I, like I think the difference is in the difference this year with previous years is how those minutes are being used. And what I mean by that is he's actually not taking up the ball as much as in previous years. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that he was responsible for for every year that he's been a consistent starter was initiating the offense, as you mentioned. His field goal attempts per game in his four, three full years as a starter have been 14, 16.7, 16.9. This right. year, it's only at 11. He's taking way fewer shots, and that's because he's trying to play that balance, that role that Cal Lowry used to play, which is what do you need from me today? Against mm-hmm. Miami in that uh, first game when they lost, he had five fouls just 20 seconds into the third quarter. So what do you need from me? Okay, you need me to play defense and not pick up a six foul? Sure, I'll play 20 of the 24 remaining minutes, and that's what he did, and they almost pulled out the comeback victory. So I think it's just more of how is he being used. I agree that the minutes is a bit of a concern, but at the same time, it's he's also not initiating the offense as much as he used to, and he's more in a catch-and-shoot mode, which is perfect for his skill set. And I'm hoping that if with this balance, we'll be able to save his body a bit um, for playoff time. Well said. Um, I, I think all minutes are not created equal. And to your point, uh, you know, going back to the Kyle Lowry thing, which is I've sort of I've really hoped that this would be the evolution of Fred. Like, what do you need? Right. Uh, he scored big in that, that last Miami game. But, uh, you know, his uh, career high uh, was last year for assists. It was six point seven. Again, just four games in. Right. But he's averaging eight point three assists this year. So his role is changing. And I think, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's really important. Like, you know, like how you play your minutes uh, really does matter. Um, But uh, I think, uh, I think I want to move on to, I mean, sort of a silly topic, but also I just want to see where, where we get creatively. Uh, So Maddie, I'm going to bring you in, but first uh, give me your, uh, your weirdest, uh, loudest, Weird Al NBA Sting. This is Adam Silver. Huh? I love how that Sting's not even funny to me anymore. It's just cool. <laughs> um, this is Adam Silver. Honk honk. It's just a normal cool thing for me. I don't know what's happening in my life. You know, something that starts absurd just becomes normal real quick. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Maddie's like, oh, that's what I love. <laughs> um, Maddie, I'm going to start with you. I'm also going to just like throw my opinion in here. Uh, I had heard rumors about this maybe a couple years ago. Uh, I, I loved it. Um, and the fact that it's happening, I think, makes so much sense. I mean, we'll see how all the like I, I've heard the main reason that they didn't uh, do it a long time ago was ticket sales. And that second Miami game uh, looks like they were struggling to sell some tickets. Because uh, it was not full in there, even the first game when uh, when Martin tackled uh, Coloco, uh, he tackled him into a bunch of empty seats. <laughs> um, but uh, like, yeah, if that's in Toronto, like Nav Batia, like is right there. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, yeah, so we're doing this baseball thing. We're doing this series thing. We we just played Miami two games in a row in Miami, uh, and we're playing Philly next two games in a row. I think in Toronto. Um, and the whole league's doing this uh, and I love it so much. I think 
it's producing already really competitive basketball, also really like heady basketball. And it's looking, I think the regular season's looking more like the playoffs, which is it's just fantastic. It's like a really cool adjustment. I love that they're doing it. Anyways, that said, silly answers are welcome here. Maddie, you are uh, advising Adam Silver. You're coming mm-hmm. at him and you're saying, I want to make a change to the regular season. Right. Here's what it is. Yeah. Okay. This one, th- you know what, Fred? This one isn't actually silly. I think uh, this is going to speak to a lot of people, though, because if you are an NBA League Pass subscriber, Mm -hmm. you will notice something different this year. They have finally come down on VPNs, which people were using to watch their home team play. Now, it's a nightmare. I understand that there are contracts with the you know sports networks and stuff. These are TV things. It's big money NBA. That's why they would love to give you full access to your team to watch on their thing, but they just can't. I understand that, but we're living in this age now where people aren't just getting a cable box and getting 65 channels and all these different, you know, spending all this money. Preach Maddie D. I think what needs to happen is there needs to be some kind of agreement with the sports networks to have like a Raptors pass or something. I'm fine with watching it with TSN or Sportsnet or whatever, but have some kind of pass so it's not an insane amount of money. Say, like, Raptors fans only get access to those games or something, and it costs them eight, ten bucks a month, something like that. I think people would pay that. I think people would be happy with that. I think something needs to change because, yes, in the NHL and in the NBA, I've been one of those people that have been trying to find a way through all these blackouts for years and years and it's worked flawlessly but now they're starting to crunch down on it in ways where like you really can't if you have a canadian account you can't watch the games on league pass they just don't air them now so i I think something needs to change because the fans we got to think about the fans you know like we're a really important part of the NBA, and I think the accessibility needs to be a little bit better for people that may not be able to afford big sports packages. Maddie, I could not agree more. Um, a friend of the podcast, Matt McCready, was tweeting last night, uh, and it happened to me too. Uh, I watched the game, but I wanted to rewatch the fourth quarter uh, uh, with a, a, another friend of the podcast uh, and OG member, Kevin Douse. And we, you know, uh, it's like I have league pass. It's like, well, at least I can watch the replays. Guess what? I can't. And I was trying to watch yesterday and it was freezing and it just wouldn't load. And it's like, wait a second. Like, well, what is this? You know, what, like, what's the deal? And, and, and the quality is really the VPN stuff aside. Like, I, I get you. Like, you know, it's like money, it's contracts, whatever. It's a major problem. And I think that the accessibility of the game to the hardcore fans is not good and uh yeah major major issue i love that you're like guess what i'm not being silly i'm gonna i'm gonna snow blow someone's ass off nobody wants fans to get ransomware just because they want to support their team on some streaming site you know that's what i'm worried about yeah we've we've handcuffed your computer give us x (laughs) amount of crypto if you want to see pascal siakam spin that's not okay (laughs) Um, okay. Uh, let's go to you. Uh, let's go to you, Jay. You can make a change to the regular season. What is it? What are you doing? Well, if we're borrowing from other sports, I want to borrow from hockey and have live 
line changes in game. So how wow, this would work? Okay. How this would work is the uh, you always play defense in front of your bench. So this eliminates the possibility of just someone subbing off and being on an f- open breakaway. So you're right. always on that side of the court. And then you can just do live changes in and out. I guess the rule would be, you know, that you can't have two people on the court at the same time. Um, similar with hockey with too many men on the ice and whatever. Um, if you're caught in a situation, you know, let's say the ball touches you and you happen to be the sixth person touching the court, there's a foul but uh, or a technical or whatever. But live changes. Let's wow. make things interesting. Spice it up, baby. I like that. Wow. Okay. I like this. I'm thinking that, like, there's going to be some like so like many. wrestling style, like you're tagging people in. Like this is awesome. Um, so you can switch offense and defense, like even in the middle of a transition, just do it. Like mm-hmm. let's liven it up for the crowd. That would be hectic and amazing. Um, <laughs> and the Raptors would thrive. Yes, yes, the Raptors would kill that format 100. I like it. We're going outside the box here, uh, Matt Henry. What's up? What is your regular season change? Uh, word for you guys, and it's relegation. I want there to be a sub league, and I want the basement teams of the NBA to have a play in tournament with those people at the top of the basement league. And you lose, you're out, unless you get back in season by winning that league, and of course, playing in to get into the NBA. You want you want to see more ten for imagine coming in last and now you're you're out of the league. Might still give you that pick, but guess what, bro? It's not it's not the NBA. It's not where you're going. So uh, <laughs> I want relegation games. Um and then no more tanking, bro. Nice. Hey, I am all for I'm all for taking things from soccer and I just started watching that. Welcome to Wrexham doc series and i love relegation i think the nba like it would be trickier in north america of course uh and we don't have that many leagues deep like we have the g league i think it's yeah but but but, like all that to say we're we're just we're talking outside of the box here and i think relegation is one of the funnest most exciting things and i am very pro relegation again i don't know how it would work but I'm very, very much into relegation. Um, mine is not super far away from yours, Matt Henry. It is focused uh, on the G League. Uh, and and the major change I would like to see uh, is uh, I would like to see the, uh, like the G League uh, games get aired uh, in a way that is like they're more incorporated with the NBA. Like I understand that you know, we're not going to nationally televise the G League games, but I think particularly with the with the Mexican team this year Mex- for Mexico City uh, and the G League, uh, you know, uh, Ignite uh, with Scoot, I want to see those games get uh, like more kind of like more of an NBA push on a regular basis. Uh, and uh, I don't know if that means like, you know, we're, we, we have one of those games where, you know, it's Charles and Shaq and like they're at the game. Um, like I, I think the NBA needs to, I've been saying this forever. It's, it's the most competitive league uh, team, team league, uh, you know, that I can think of anyways in the world. Uh, there's, there's just over 500 players, uh, baseball, hockey, 
um, and uh, American football have like, you know, almost two, three times the players. And uh, it's, it's just, there's a, a ton of ridiculous talent in the G league. And I feel like it needs to be showcased in a way that's less of like, Oh, this is just a farm team. And I think if, I think people would, you just have to reframe it a little bit and not only would it help the G league and the players in the G league and, you know, them get more money, more salaries, et cetera. I also think it would help the NBA because it would just sort of like, it would elevate, you know, I think people would think about a guy like Chris Middleton differently when they see when they're, you know, when you're seeing more G league talent, you'd be like, Oh, wait a second. Chris Middleton's insane. Um, and I, I, you know, I think the NBA sometimes is, is too fixated on its top 10, top 15 guys. And I, I really like the idea of finding a way to celebrate uh, the kind of robust talent uh, around the world. Um, or, or, you know, and, and I think that really starts by beefing up the G League. And, hey, we'll work our way into relegation. This was good. This wasn't that silly of a topic, but I feel <laughs> like we got, we got some good ideas here. Um, League Pass, if you're listening, <laughs> cut it out. Uh, um, and give me my condensed games back. What's that about? Yeah. Um, okay. Don't make me go to YouTube. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's finish here with our last question. Thank you, Matty D. Uh, for doing your thing. Um, this is just, uh, yeah, I want to hear your hottest early season take. Jay, I'm starting with you. Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't start with me. I can start <laughs> with Matt. You can, if, yeah, I'll start with Matt because I, <laughs> I have, my, my takes are either not hot or they're, they're yeah, no. Let's okay. Matt first. <laughs> Maddie, hit, hit uh, me with uh, it. Hit me with the okay, uh, so. fungible, whatever the... <laughs> I'm a, I'm one of the relics with cable, so I don't have a league pass. I have like a package with Rogers. It still uh, takes full advantage of me and doesn't buy me dinner at all. <laughs> but either way, I have it. So, and it's because I, I know I, I say this all the time. If you know me, I'll say it often, but this time I mean it. The Knicks are legit this year, bro. They, <laughs> I man, I've been I've been watching them. You know, <laughs> my last button. I've been watching raps. I've been watching Knicks. They generally play at the same time, but man, the Knicks—they just look good on paper, top to bottom. This Brunson guy, man, they're the Knicks are going to be all right. They're not going to be a playing team. They're going to be a top six or whatever. Um, they're that they're that good. And uh, the other thing is, um, Westbrook figures it out and. The Lakers go on a on a nice little Cinderella run. I don't know if they wow, win it all, but wow. they go on a nice run. Hot. Those were those were. I'm glad we started with you. Those were piping hot takes. Um, <laughs> one, anytime there's a believer in the Knicks, I'm always like, I'm I'm into it just for the fun. Me and my brother were talking about how how fun it was last year when the Knicks beat the Celtics, and there was that whole viral video where the guys were yelling "Bing Bong" <laughs> uh, outside the stadium, like that. I like. When the, you know, the Knicks to me aren't like other annoying franchises in that, like they're a Mecca for their sport and they're bad, but they, they, they haven't been good in such a long time that I feel like I sort of forget and, and their energy is hilarious. The Westbrook thing, I think, uh, I, I'm not all the way with you, but I do think people are piling on Westbrook to such a degree that it's, it's getting absurd 
And, you know, one of my least favorite things in the NBA is the complete caping of a guy, uh, you know, for instance, uh, the, you know, Kawhi uh, won the Raptors a championship period, you know, without factoring anything else uh, or the complete scapegoating of a guy, whether that's, uh, you know, Ben Simmons or, you know, whomever. And, and I think Westbrook is definitely in the complete scapegoat territory for what's going on in the Lakers. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a hot take, but I, 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 I like it. I hope for it, to be honest, more, more than I am, like, agree with you. I hope that that happens because I, I love Westbrook. I love watching him. Um, Jay, what's up? What's your what's your cold take, medium take, hot take? Well, I've been thinking about it. And, you know, the Lakers being bad is not a hot take. Lakers being good is a hot take, actually. Uh, I was going to say something about Benedict Mathurin winning Rookie of the Year, but, like, that's not hot enough. Or Yeah, he's just awesome. He is awesome, and, and maybe that's just not interesting enough. But like, I'm I'm gonna say that the it has, it's, I'm boiling it down to the Nets and the Grizzlies. One of them is going to disappoint, and I'm gonna go right now with the Nets as the team that does not qualify for or does not finish in the top eight. So my take is that they'll either be ninth or tenth. Maybe they turn it on and make it into the plan, but man. I was pretty low on them to start before the season. And now that I've seen them play and yes, they did beat the Raptors. So all credit to them. They were just not there. Um, something's going to happen with that team. Something not good uh, in the locker room. And then it's going to translate on the court. We're on the court. The product itself is not that great. So um, yeah, that's my take. Uh, the Nets either don't make the playoffs or need to struggle to get in. a la play in kind of like last year. Yeah, I, I I honestly totally agree with you. I feel like the Nets are definitely um, and Clippers, honestly, but in, in a lesser degree. But they're, both of those teams to me are in the like I, I need to see it before I believe it. Sure, on paper things look like they could be awesome. I mean, the Nets look really fun and and good in the game against the Raptors. But uh, yeah, I think you know regular season's long, and it's not like you can just keep these players uh you know not trying to make a pun here but it's not like you can keep them in a bubble and keep them healthy um and transport them to the playoffs they have to make it there and you know that's why you need a, a really kind of durable uh you know swiss army knife of a roster to be able to make it through the grind of a regular season or you need you know superstars that uh, a guy like Giannis or Jokic that are like fairly you know, healthy the whole time that can just kind of carry you. Uh, I like it. Yeah. And, and I, I, you know, for Brooklyn, I I don't see that. I don't see where the, where the security is. I see where the talent is, but um, yeah, it seems like there's a lot of insecurity there. My hot take. And I think this just has to mathematically be wrong, but I'm going to say it because I think, I don't know. I, it's just a feeling. Uh, it's that uh, there will be no egregious tanking for Victor Wembanyama. Uh, and the reason I'm saying that is not because he isn't a generational talent. It's because I think the league is in this point of parity where, uh, you know, a combination of you can't tank the way that you used to because of the lottery changes and also just like good basketball players um, and, and teams like Utah uh, Indiana and San Antonio, which are just like they're 
when they're tanking there, it still looks better than let's say a Sacramento or an Orlando or whatever. Uh, I think that there's this, we're in this weird time of the NBA where everything's closer to the middle than, than, than the time we watch during the golden state, you know, Cleveland era where it was like so many teams packed it in during the, that early warriors dominance. And I just don't think teams are going to pack it in, in the same way. Uh, Plus you have a, like, you know, again, like I, I get it that Utah has started well and San Antonio started well, and they will make sure that they don't win 30 games sort of thing. But, you know, I, I remember years where teams are, you know, like in the teens for wins. And I just, again, I know that's mathematically not going to work out. Like I know some teams will, will pack it in, but uh, I don't know if it's going to be as egregious as people think. So that's, that's my hot take. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, have you seen Wembenyama just walk over a row of seats in like one step? I have generational talent, bro. I'm, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> people want him. I'm just saying. I think that people are going to be a little bit like, wait a second, like, so we, we don't have to be the thirtieth team to get him. We could Fair. be like the twenty fifth team. And he may not, you know, he's got to be healthy. Look at look at my man Chet getting hurt in them. Pickup games and uh, and now Oklahoma's in a position where they could probably get him because <laughs> Buddy hurt himself. Like that's madness. Chet right? and so, Chet and Victor on the same team would be hilarious. I, honestly, man, it wouldn't surprise me if they told them, "Listen, you're gonna hurt yourself, and uh, we're gonna run it back next year." He's just, you know, it's it's too perfect for uh, this to possibly for it to go like that. Right. And now it doesn't look like we're tanking. if the guy that we picked, you know, got hurt. So. You never also, know. if Utah ends up getting Victor going from one uh, French, uh, like uh, franchise cornerstone to another would be pretty funny. <laughs> um, but, uh, but guys, that's, that's it for the pod. Um, thank you both so much for joining. Thanks everyone. Who's been listening, supporting all that kind of stuff. Um uh, I'll bring Maddie in here and we'll talk a little bit about Raptors Republic. But uh, before we do that, let me go to uh, to you, Matt Henry. What's up? Where can people catch you? Um, where are you doing shows? What's going down? Uh, I'm in, uh, uh, just follow me on Instagram. I'm in, uh, I'm in Toronto next month. I'll be doing a comedy bar. I think I'm doing Yucks next month too. Um, I'm also, every time I go to a Raptors game now, I'm making little vlog video things of my time. Uh, I'm taking notes before I get too drunk. And then I'm, I edit it all after and I do a voiceover um, where I'm also drunk, but not as drunk. Uh, so it's like in between. Um, but yeah, so follow me on Instagram, Comedian Matt Henry. And uh, that's, where, that's where you can see what I'm doing. Hell yeah. Uh, I'll let everyone know uh, those vlogs are going to be an absolute must watch. There's so much talk about fans being priced out and the lower bowl um, being tame. Let me tell you what Matt is working overtime to make sure that is untrue. I sat with him, uh, last year and I mean, his section is either, uh, in praise of him or downright afraid of him. So he, he is, he is bringing the heat and he's overcompensating for a, a lot of, uh, white haired, quiet, folks um not to not to speak down on anyone with white hair but um yeah jay what's up where can people catch you uh what do you want to let them know uh catch me on raptors hq i have a weekly article called 
the wrap up, which looks at the games of the week for the Raptors. Um, also podcast on That's Rap Podcast. We record every Friday. It comes out on Saturdays. I don't think we have an episode coming up this week, but we've got a big one coming up next week. I can't spoil it yet. We've got a very special guest uh, for next Friday. And yeah, I've I've got media cred, so I'm at, I'm at most of these games. So um, hopefully Sick. we can catch you guys there. Well, uh, that's incredible, dude. Um, uh, thank you for, for doing the pod and bringing your, your legit cred to this pod. Um, Well-deserved. Uh, is this your first year having credentials? A second year, but uh, this year I'm noticing a whole lot of Raptors Republic everywhere. So great on you guys, like fully deserved. <laughs> hey, man, um, this is, uh, you know, this is the Raptors landscape, right? Like, you know, so many years where the, the main kind of sports giants uh, weren't amazing at cover the rap- covering the Raptors. And um, uh, folks like you are, you know, in Raptors Republic are, are, are stepping up and, the, the fans are finding uh, finding the goods. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's good to see the cream rising to the top sort of thing. Um, Matty D, uh, mm. what's up? Where can people find us? Um, yeah. You know, I guess, you know, let's keep letting people know, of course, about the Raptors Republic paywall. Right. And to subscribe yeah. uh, and all that good stuff. You know, we're on RaptorsRepublic.com. Pretty easy. All the podcasts are there, but we are a part of the Rapcast, so subscribe to that on your favorite podcatchers. If you're watching the clips that we put up on YouTube, please like and comment. Let me know how much you love the intros. I know I don't need to ask you to do that. Uh, so please hey. uh, take it easy on us. We're just trying to have a good time. I know there's lots of talk about fans and podcasts, and if there should, if we're, we should have podcasts, I don't know what the hell's going on. Oh, yeah, right, right. Right. So about yeah, we're just we're just yeah, we're huge fans. We we've stated that every time, and we're just trying to have a have a, have a fun experience in Raptors fandom for everybody, and and, and ignite some conversation. So you you can check us out at RaptorsRepublic.com, Dogspodcast.com. That's our own website. And Freddie did mention the paywall. Yes, six bucks a month. Taxes included. That's for the editorials. Now, the podcasts do remain free. So do not hate on us and say I'm not paying for this shit when it's totally free. Okay. <laughs> so, six bucks a month, you get all the great writing. So many great writers here at Raptors Republic. Support them. I don't know how transparent I can be about this, but I will say it's going well, but they need more. They need more. So, please subscribe to the paywall, read those sweet articles. And let's go. <laughs> Beauty. Um, Matt absolutely is not being transparent. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, again, thank you so much, everyone, for the support. Uh, we, we appreciate, uh, you know, the enthusiasm, the love, uh, everything. Uh, we are, yeah, we're Raptors maniacs. So, um, you know, we, we know you are, too, and we, and we love you for that. But, um, yeah, I think uh, with that said, we are done. We're good to go. Matt. Give me those words I love so much. Okay. Okay. Listen to full episodes of the Confederacy of Dunks only on the Rapcast. 